Welcome back to the Going Deep Sports NFL Patriots podcast. I'm Matt Keller, editor-in-chief of GoingDeepSports.com. Lucky enough to be joined again by the minister and Murph. Welcome, boys. What's going on? What up, Keller? So what do we, th- just quick, I just want to get some rapid-fire thoughts off the top of the Patriots game. Like I said, this is the Going Deep Sports Patriots preview and review and review from the last game from the opening uh, Steelers Thursday night kickoff. We're going to cover it all. We're going to get ready for the Bills game, but just real quick, what are the first things that pop into your mind after watching it and uh, watching the tape again? All right, so first things that pop in my mind, Brady, Edelman, Gronk, still their best players. No shocker there. They're the ones carrying the water. Uh, biggest disappointment for me was the defense as a whole outside of Hightower. Murph? Uh, offense looked great. Um, I like Dion. I like what I saw out of Dion Lewis. I was texting during the game. He said Blunt might be out of a job until that fumble. <laughs> um, defense of the front seven was a huge disappointment. The fact that D'Angelo Williams is just doing that, and the biggest takeaway I got is I just lost all respect for the fucking Steelers as an organization. Mike Tomlin as a coach and Roethlisberger as a rapist, he's a fucking bunch of soft ass losers. And Vic is their backup QB. All right, we're gonna get to all we're gonna get to all of that stuff. Everything. You Let's got. get Vic in the mix. Yeah, <laughs> Ron Mexico. <laughs> Everything you guys just said, we're gonna get into. Uh, we'll kind of go through things in rapid fire order. Get to a bunch of stuff. There's a big juicy game coming up against Rex. He's already talking shit, and that was there was a lot to cover in that first game. To begin with, though, the most important, Brady and Belichick, like we discussed in the national podcast, are on FU, hair across their ass mode. How long does it last, and do they have like a 2007-like Spygate effect? Minister, I know you're an expert on that year. What do you think? So does that mean we're bringing Randy Moss back? I, dude, <laughs> do, do you see do you see him working out the other day with some NFL guys? Like, he's still as good as them. Dude, and we just cut that out. Tim's drafted rookie receiver. Yeah. So so we're in the market, so that would be awesome. Right now, Gronk is the new Moss. Pats are in FU mode. I don't know if they have the offensive firepower or are as good at defense to emulate that year. Uh, but they definitely have a hair across their ass, and they showed that against the Steelers, even though the defense didn't show up very much. All right, all right. But more specifically, how long does this carry – Tom oh, you Brady. know how I feel about this, man. Brady, I think, after this year, has like three more years in him. I think Belichick wants to coach forever. I think they're going to win another one or two rings. Obviously, I'm biased. No, no, no. That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm asking. Though. I'm saying, how long does this specific allegations from this summer? How long does that carry Tom Brady this year in terms of the ultimate fu? Is it all 16 games? Is it kind of like all season? Okay. All right. Murph, what do you think? Is it is that as big a factor as what I'm saying? Obviously, we know it's a factor. Obviously, we know our opinions on Brady. But specifically, does that fuck you to everyone else, carry him the way, same way it does Belichick? It did Belichick in 2007? Or is it more just the fact that he's a professional and he is that obsessed anyway? A combination of both. But I think, yeah, this is going to carry them through the whole season. They're pissed. Okay. Um, uh, he he's a great motivator. He's going to use all this stuff to motivate his team and fire them up every fucking week. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw the ball on the goal line every time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Brady went for the record again. I would. I know they don't have the offensive firepower, but Gronk's a force. So is um, Edelman. So is Edelman. He I, might. I, yeah. I don't. I. I. I they're going to hold nothing back. They're going to embarrass teams again. Um, it's going to be somewhat of a repeat of 2007. And you know, I, I. I was talking to this with my brother, and I'm like, how fucking stupid are these people in this league to like, you know, like after the Steelers games, it's like, dude, yeah. Don't why poke do the bear. Fucking, why do you got to fucking keep poking these guys? The definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. These people are fucking nuts. They keep fucking pissing the wrong fucking team off. <laughs> just let them be. They might beat you, but just let them be, dude, and give them no firepower. Maybe they'll become a little bit complacent and start looking at their rings or something like that because the other shit, guess what? It's not working because you're all getting your ass kicked. All right. Here's a, here is an opinion. Tell me if you guys agree with it. I think you may. 
Minister, off the top, you said Brady, Gronk, and Edelman. I suggest to you that all three of those men are the best in NFL history at their position. Quarterback, tight end. Hey, 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 hey. Quarterback, tight end, and slot receiver. I'm dead serious. Edelman's not. Who's a better slot receiver than Edelman in NFL history? I think I would rather take Edelman at his prime over Welker. Murph? Welker's defined a position, and even Troy Brown I thought was a little better than. I mean, yes, and Welker, Edelman's, I mean, like, Edelman's like two years into this, too. I mean, we just had Welker, what, three years ago? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about legacy. I'm talking about who would you take in at, at their at, best. And I would take Edelman over Troy Brown and Welker at his best. What about Victor Cruz, his best year? That would be someone, you're probably right there. That's probably the, the best uh, competition I've heard. I might be willing to concede on that, but I think I honestly think Edelman's one of the best in history. Hey, but I mean, dude, you're talking about one year where Welker did it for six or seven years. I just told you I'm not talking about <laughs> legacy. I'm talking about who would you rather have? For... You know, I like to make my uh, paper cuts against your argument, even if they don't make sense. Bro. <laughs> well, it make I mean, it makes sense. It's a, it's a fair point, but I guess I just mean. The top level, like who would you rather have for that one game? And I think he's up there. Cruz is a good one. He might be it too. It's just it's just food for thought, but I think it's an interesting argument because I think Brady and Gronk have pretty strong arguments. Well, Brady, well, you're not going to get any argument from me on those two. Yeah, so you throw in Edelman. It's an argument. It's a fun, it's a fun thing to do. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> um, who do you think is the best cornerback in NFL history, Minister? Real quick. I'd just like to get your opinion on that. Deion Sanders. Okay, I'd agree. I think Revis is probably top three or four. So they're a bit different, though. Uh, So the one thing, and sorry if I interrupt you, Murph. The one thing with Revis is that I think takes him down a notch compared to Sanders. Is interceptions to the house and punt returns. So Deion Sanders, you have that big playability, where Revis is just such a man-on-man nightmare that he doesn't even and see the ball thrown to his side. And I know Sanders ran into that as well, but Sanders still found his way to get pick sixes, etc. So he had a little bit more big playability in addition to the man-to-man coverage skills where Revis is just like, he's not going to let up any receptions, and so then you can do all these things with the rest of your defense. Agreed, but Revis also was much better in run than Sanders. Not that it really matters, but just throwing it out there. No, that's true, I agree. Rod Woodson's got to be up there, too. All right, let's move on. Well, didn't he play some safety, too, though? Yeah, but that almost makes it, like, more amazing that he was an all-pro cornerback and an all-pro safety. I don't know. There's probably some... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's in the conversation. I think I think it's pretty uh, across the board, though, that Deion Sanders is the best cornerback of all time. Don't you agree? Yeah, he's the best I've ever seen in terms of individual man coverage, which is what the position really breaks down to. <laughs> Yep. All right, let's talk about someone who's soon to join that top five list, in my opinion, Malcolm Butler. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just... You're just doing that to piss me off. Yeah, but let's talk about Butler. Take take your biases against my overhyping him away. And were you guys encouraged or discouraged by his performance on Thursday night? Murph. Uh. Down the middle for me. I mean, everybody was, from what I can hear, didn't I just tell you to pick one? (laughs) (laughs) Encouraged. Encouraged. All right, let me take. Let let me let me lead off, Murph. Uh, I would say. No, Murph said encouraged. Murph said encouraged. All right, go ahead, Murph. Go ahead. Yeah, so I said encouraged. Um, Again, playing the what I said was going to be his toughest matchup of the year. Um, Obviously, gave him fits. Uh, but he was involved in most all those plays. A couple plays he got burnt on, um, which is just, I don't think he should have got burnt on him, but uh, going over the top without any safety help, you can't let somebody get behind you. Number one rule. Um, but on most of the other plays, I would say he was... He was within a step, right? Stopping the ball, and I, I think Brown is honestly one of the best of the, you know, him and Edelman. I think he's Edelman on steroids, and... Uh, Literally? No, not literally. <laughs> yeah, how, how do you know? I think he's a better version. He gives you more of a deep threat, but like his short ability to cut and uh, and or run routes. Um, like if I was to compare him to like a Des Bryant and Calvin Johnson, those guys are just physical specimens where they're just going to outbeat you to the ball. They're going to outjump you for the ball. Whereas 
you know, Brown's going to be running wide open. And I felt like Butler ran with him a little bit. I know I know the numbers didn't look like he covered him very well, but I think he did. He I think job. I agree. I think most guys get embarrassed by him by two or three steps all the time. Roethlisberger's probably one of the top ten QBs in NFL history when he, when it will all be said and done. And it's just a really tough matchup, like you said. What do you think, Minister? Uh, so let me start off with Antonio Brown. I agree with Murph's point that the one thing he's lacking is – he doesn't have that Des Bryant, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, Rob Gronkowski trade where you can just throw it up and he goes and gets it at its highest point. Uh, but he creates that separation. He did get a alligator arms a couple times the other night, but obviously he's a top five receiver in the league. And then as far as Malcolm Butler goes, I was encouraged because there was like two long balls that Brown came up with where – Butler was just draped all over him. He had no business catching him. It was probably like two catches for 50 yards. And he got 11 targets because they didn't have all their options there. So they were throwing at him constantly, and he was always right there. So I'd say overall, even though he let up 133 yards receiving, overall it was a positive game for Butler, I thought. Yeah, I think I think we're all agreed on that. It's just one of those things where you have to watch the game. You have to watch every play of the game to, to, come, exactly. up, to come up with that opinion. But. There's a difference between getting beat by an inch off the millimeter of your finger and being beat like a drum like Logan Ryan does every week. <laughs> right, and when it's by one of the best receivers in the league who has 11 targets by a quarterback who passes for a lot of yards when other options are out of the game. Yeah, and and just you know not to go back into it, but of those small receiver types that we were mentioning before, he's probably better than all of them, Edelman, Cruz, whoever. Right, he just happens to line up outside the numbers. Exactly. Okay, um, who should start at running back this week? Don't assume that they're not going to split the carries evenly. If there's only one guy getting 70 to 80% of the carries, who should it be? Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis, matchup. I agree, and they'll give it to Blount. I guarantee it. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> I, I bet you they start Blount. They're not that stupid. Come on. Well, they might start Blount, but majority of the carries, you think, Blount? I think Belichick has a real hard-on in a good way, the opposite way that he had one for Jonas Gray for Blount. I think he really likes him for some reason, probably because he reminds me of like the 1940s <laughs> game tape that he goes home and beats off to every night when he's done with the Patriots at Gillette. Oh, dude, I did want to mention that. In that Do Your Job documentary, he just refers to games. From, like, 1975, he's like, well, you know, you saw the Oilers split their running back out to the left and then run this wheel route in this game versus the Bills 35 years ago. And he talks about it like it's yesterday and that everyone in the world was watching the game and knows what he's talking about. <laughs> it's just like, and you feel like he watched the game the day before. It's yeah, incredible. but fair, okay, fair point, you're right, and he does do that. But I also want to call the media out. Last year, during the playoffs, when they did the Edelman to Amendola pass, all the media was like, oh my god, Belichick could just reference the David Patton troy Brown pass like it was yesterday. It's like, I can fucking do it from my couch. And I was like a teenager when it happened. Why don't, why don't you think Belichick could reference it? He was fucking there. He called the play. <laughs> yeah, Are you kidding true. me? Jesus, these guys piss me off sometimes. So well, stupid. Uh, well, I'm not exactly putting the Boston sports media in Belichick's category. No, exactly. But it's like, they're like, oh my god, he's so smart. He could reference a play that he called for the same team. <laughs> well, I was talking about random plays. That no, I know, you're off, right. But I get your point. You are right. You are right crediting him for the right thing. But they slobber all over him for the wrong thing. It doesn't make any... Right, when he's like standing there next to the play. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, ten, you know, some of the same players were involved. It, like, everyone else remembers it, too. Um, yep. All right, so besides Brady and Gronk and, I guess, Edelman, let's leave them to the side. They were all outstanding. What made you most excited about this game, about the Steelers game? Like, for, for the upcoming year, what got you most excited besides those three guys? Honestly, not a lot, dude. <laughs> Like, I thought, it, I thought it was a bit more of the same. I thought the defense was worse than I thought it would be. I thought Hightower was good. I thought our best players played well and the coaches coached well. Just Dion Lewis a little bit. I don't, I don't know, man. It was kind of what I was expecting. I, nothing jumped off the page to me. I know I was 
one thing I was pissed about, which you're probably going to get to, is Dominic Easley, you know, getting a ticky-tack injury. Let's get to it now. I mean, three plays in the game. All right, I'm going to throw devil's advocate at you quickly. The guy has a good preseason. His knee injuries are finally healthy. He is starting the first game of the year. Everyone says he's got a good attitude and everything's coming together well. And he just get. I know it's annoying, but he just gets a hip banged up, and it's not his fault. I know it's a muscle strain, but that doesn't mean he's out of shape or anything like that. It's just it's a violent sport. Someone lands on your leg funny. I think we should. I don't. I don't want to put it in Razai Dallin category yet. I don't want to do that. Here's where I disagree with you a little bit, Keller. Is that when your knees are fucked, your the rest of your body, especially your lower body and your legs and your lower back, even overcompensates and that leads to those ticky tack injuries i don't i think it's way too early to say that i don't think his knees are fucked i think they're healthy for the first time in three years and i think all right well well we can we can see how it plays out well of course we're gonna see how it plays out but i mean i i agree i just i think it's too early i think one more injury and i'm there with you let's put it that way yeah yeah so he's on the fence i'm with you i'm not ready to give up on him but it's, it's annoying yeah, Murph. What you what, what what were you optimistic about besides the triumphant on offense? Um, I've been, uh, I was optimistic about the minister touch on it real quick. Just I really liked watching Dion Lewis. He gives you an X factor that you know we were looking for. What, what, who's going to take over that third down, Vereen fall type spot? Um, he did it on a full time basis to the point where. Um, he gives them matchup issues, you know. Um, I say screw third down back. He should be their starting that's tailback. That's what I mean. If he's there every down, it just gives them it gives them matchup problems when you when you you know you could see the problems they were giving people when they when they were running the two tight ends all day with him there. I mean, you don't know what they're going to do. You have yeah. no idea. They run two set two tight ends with Chandler and him. Chandler and Gronk can block, and you got Lewis in the backfield. But you know, all of a sudden they shift into motion, and you know they're sitting in a you know full wide set all of a sudden against a you know against a uh, you know a basic package uh, yeah you get, you get end up with Gronk on linebackers who can't cover him for shit um, and the total and, and Chandler's gonna be a huge addition I actually thought he was good I didn't per se you know he didn't make a huge impact on the game but matchup wise you can see where it's gonna give people issues especially around the goal line yeah I was gonna mention him and I agree with Hightower and Lewis like you guys said the other people that I would mention would be Butler who we mentioned but I, I was optimistic about him and then I would throw Jabal Sheard in there let's, yeah, hop o- good. let's hop over to disappointments that the minister already started going down that route the defensive line was atrocious oh my god Malcolm Brown oh, dude, was on and sorry to cut you off but Chandler Jones and Rob Nankovich they stuck out like a sore thumb because not only did they apply no pressure to the quarterback, they got caught they inside on the run. They runs. didn't hold the edge on in the running game, and you have a fifty-year-old D'Angelo Williams just looking like Jamal Charles in his prime or whoever. It's fucking brutal. Yeah, it looked like uh, old D'Angelo got into the HGH supply this offseason. He's looking spry. Yeah, or maybe your run defense just sucks without. No, work. but just the little pickup he had. Yeah, I know he lost some weight, but that looked like a that looked like an HGH. Uh, Skipping his step to me. Well, I want to talk about the ends though. Like I think that they both played like shit, and Sheard played well. I don't think yeah, you, Sheard did play well. I don't think you can sit Jones really unless he plays awful like four games in a row because he's a pass rush threat, and they need that desperately. They'll sit him though. He'll he sits him in the middle of games. I've seen him do it. Okay, but I think Ninkovich is more likely to lose his starting spot to this guy to Sheard. Oh my god, they were both on the field at the same time a lot, but. I was texting you during the game. Yeah. I, I was saying Nikovic's getting beat like a drum the whole game. I know Belichick likes him, but at a certain at a certain point, the guy's undersized. He's not super athletic. He's he's on the wrong. He's usually pretty smart. He was just getting. Yeah. He was he wasn't he was just not playing smart at all. He was just going. He was just not it's to refer to Belichick just not doing his job. He wasn't holding the edge. He was getting caught up inside every time. Every time. Well, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for, uh, I don't know, one of the corners made a huge play. I texted you facts, and I was like, "Thank God," because that was going to be a huge play. I think and, it was uh, uh, Terrell. It was a third down. It was a third down play. Nickovich just got washed down again, and they did it again. And this, the kid made a huge tackle somehow, and uh, it was at a big, 
was at a big point in the game, and I said, thank God he made that tackle, because Nikovic was nowhere to be found again. Well, I'm glad that they finally have someone behind him to push him, <laughs> because they haven't had that recently. Yeah. Um, uh, the defensive line looked absolutely atrocious. It was just gaps everywhere. Okay, um, so did Collins. That's what I'm most worried about, because I'm so big on him. So, what I'd say about Jamie Collins is he's kind of a go-big-or-go-home guy. He reminds me of Deshaun Jackson. I'm pretty sure at this point everyone's had Deshaun Jackson on their fantasy team, and he does dog shit for three weeks. Then you bench him, and he goes off for like five catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns, because he has two home runs. And that reminds me of Jamie Collins. Just sometimes he's going to jump out. You know, jump off the board at you. He's going to knock down a field goal, take it to the house, get a couple big sacks, maybe a, a sack fumble. But then some games he's going to disappear and then get beat by the running back on a wheel route a couple times. So it's he's, he's a little bit hit, hit or miss. All right, well, Collins was young last year. He's a veteran now. Look, I agree with you. Everything you just said is correct. But I just think it's time for him to step the fuck up and at least show something. I think his bad games should be when he has – one or two pretty good plays, and he's basically uh, just okay the rest of the game. And his good game should be when he's just all over the place fucking shit up. And it, it, he can't have games where he just completely disappears. He's too good for that, and he's too well coached for that. So it's time to – I hope he got his bad game out of the way. So you don't want him to be Milan Lucic? <laughs> yeah, it's a good comparison. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so I used to think – I want to talk about two things real quick. One is that I used to think Mike Tomlin was one of the best non-Belichick coaches in the NFL. You know, he'd won a title. I thought maybe they don't like, they don't care if they have good guys over there, but they run a pretty good ship over there. But this game Mike made Tomlin, me. By Mike Tomlin, do you mean Omar Epps? <laughs> <laughs> they do have a striking similarity. Uh, the program, Omar Epps, that was a great role. Yeah, I mean, and in Juice. No, no, sorry. DJQ. No, I when I'm thinking, I was thinking higher learning. He's in, not the program. He's in both. Oh yeah, he's in the program. Yeah, and then he's in um, Juice. Great, three great roles, man. Great roles. But we have one. One of our friends' his favorite role is love and basketball. With <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Uh, he'll remain nameless for now because he is a prominent position in the sports world. Um. Uh. Murph, speak. But I do want to say, I, I do want to say about Mike Tomlin. I always liked his demeanor when he was coming up, but the more I watched him with the X's and O's stuff, he's he's pretty brutal. Yeah, and the time management stuff. Why is it, Murph? Murph, you're a football expert. You've been around it your whole life. Why is it that like only Belichick and two or three other guys can get this time management stuff down? I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like these guys are getting paid five million a year. Fucking hire someone. Get your own Ernie Adams and figure it the fuck out. I. It's mind boggling. I mean, we sit here on a couch and can figure it out. I mean, yeah. You know, the game. I feel like some some fans know the game better than these guys. Uh, these guys do coaching. You know. And I'm with the minister on this. Just, I always thought Tom was. I don't know. Like. A, I respected him. Yeah, he was almost like uh, who was the old coach for the Red Sox there? Grady uh, well, Whit in, in the new one, Farrell and all. Grady Little, not Grady Little, not him. He's a knucklehead. Uh, Francona. Francona, you know, he was just he was there for the plays. He was good, and he let his other guys do their job. You know, he let Farrell be the pitching coach. You know, yeah, and he, you know, he let LeBeau handle the defense, and you know, he brought in this guy to be off. You know, all of a sudden they're an offensive juggernaut now, and they, you know, they brought in. Todd Haley, who's a knucklehead, but I mean, he's a decent offensive coach, and he just lets them do their job, and he just manages the players. He sucks. He's he, he sucks at the X's and all shit. He sucks at time management, and you know, I just and I now I think he's given their, you know, after this whole thing with the headsets, I, I've lost a lot of respect of like his accountability that he gives to his players. I mean, how do you go to your players now and say, well, oh. I mean, they all get how, suspended how you... for fishbowling their cars with weed. And, yeah, yeah, and then on top of that, I would say that's the least of the watching minister. That's the, yeah, least. the least of their problems. Yeah, and then on top of it, I remember I was watching a game a couple years ago, and it was Steelers Packers, and McCarthy and Tomlin are considered two of the better coaches in the league, and both guys could have ended the game with a win, and both just out of pure stupidity gave the ball back to the other team because they didn't know how to manage the clock, and it's just. It's unbelievable. Like, you could get a janitor 
making thirty grand a year or whatever to figure out the clock better than these guys. Yeah, what was it? What was the game I left last year? We started to leave, and uh, what was the game they threw that touchdown pass at the end? Uh, the Patriots, very end of the game, was it LaFell? Oh was yeah. Uh, no, it was Tompkins, wasn't it? No, that was two years Tompkins. ago. Tompkins, was it two years ago? Yeah, it yeah, was Saints game two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Saints so, game. We I was at that one, too. I never leave a game, you know? And my brother's like, let's go. And I'm like... Oh, I was trying to leave. I go, what do you mean, leave? He's like, we're going to leave. He's like, they have no chance to get the ball back. I'm like, bullshit, they don't. They have, like... I go, these guys fucked it up. I go, they shouldn't have used a timeout or something happened where... Just, just pure stupidity. The Patriots had enough time to get the ball back. It's just, like... It happens week after week after week after week that these guys just can't even, like, do simple math with the play clock and how the timeouts are going to work or whatever. Yeah, see you know? Eli Manning the other night, right? That yeah. was insane. Why don't they just have someone smart sitting up there with binoculars like Ernie Adams? I don't get it. It really yeah, makes no sense. it's like sense. the difference of, like, sometimes it's like the difference. Like, they stop punting the ball with five seconds. Like, it's like, I, I've seen it done a couple times. Like, some of these coaches have gone, like, I started in college the other day. It's like... Drop back and shotgun and throw the ball up in the air as far as you can, as high as you can. You know, send somebody deep and just take five seconds off the clock. It's the end of the game. Yeah. And Keller, you don't even have to say someone's smart up there. Just like someone that's like a little bit below averagely smart. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, Yeah, a 10-year-old who's good at Madden can figure it out. (laughs) Exactly. These guys should all be required to play 100 hours of Madden before every season. (laughs) Well, theoretically, they've done it in real life for 100 hours, but it doesn't seem to pay off. (laughs) Right. Uh, Okay. I know you guys don't want to go down this road, considering we all have money on the Patriots. But if they do lose this week, how do you see it happening? What's the game look like? It kind of looks like the Giants' Super Bowls, right? It would have to be, yeah. Up the middle middle pressure from Marcel Darius and crew? Uh, So, which Giants' Super Bowl? The first one? Yeah, more the first one. All right, so the, the the one thing I disagree with about that is I don't think our defense is as good as that 07 defense. So even though T-Mobile, as they call the uh, Bills quarterback there, yeah. <laughs> even yeah. though T-Mobile sucks at football probably because we haven't seen him, he's a 6-1 Wildcat quarterback. Just like the cell service. Yeah, I think he might be able to throw on our defense. So I would say the blueprint from that 07 Super Bowl, plus the fact with our secondary being able to let a shit quarterback throw the ball because they're playing a soft zone, pick up first downs on third and longer, et cetera. I I mean, I agree. I I completely see where you're coming from, but I kind of think the weakness in our defense evens itself out in the fact that Eli was a better quarterback at that time than this kid is now a little bit. Um, I would, I would, uh, to go back on Minnesota a little bit on the, uh, you know, the, the crappy quarterback or whatever throwing against his own. I was shocked. Those guys played a lot of man last week. A lot. That's good. I'm, I'm glad. Go for it. A lot. They very rarely played zone. And the one time I remember they did, they played zone. It was the worst call and those guys the Steelers this is what I'm talking about this is how bad the coach let me just go back real quick they're running the ball on fourth and was it fourth or third and goal at the, at the goal line they're, uh, they're, running, they're running draws to D'Angelo Williams oh it, w- it was it was it was uh, third and goal from the six yeah after the, after the, after it the it illegal the supposedly illegal D'Angelo shift Williams. on the D line yeah was like, that was after the uh, that penalty correct which is obnoxious because you can do that. I mean, <laughs> I gotta go back and look at the rule book. No, no, the penalty was on the Steelers, though. I know for the false stop. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but Big Ben accused us of making a legal motion. Did you hear defense. Belichick's response? That was so classic, so passive aggressive. Yeah. I love it. He's so pissed What'd he off. Say? He said, first of all, he said, "We've only been doing that for about <laughs> seventy-five years in this league." And then he was like, uh, I forget, he said something else. He's like, there's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing illegal. He's like, it's, it's well within the rules. I've been doing it for 75 years in this league. Then he said something he, else, very passive-aggressive. It was great. He put a whole a whole thing out there saying that um, basically he thinks that this league's got to an all-time low of accusing these guys of doing this. and They're putting his players, you know, his players' hard work and work ethic and, you know. Uh, Belichick did? Yeah, it's a huge thing. He put he wrote this whole thing though. He said it on the thing. And he, 
he just said it's, it's reached an all-time low at this point. He, he mentioned, like, old-time players, you know. He's like, you know, you're putting the um, the efforts that these guys put in, like Ty Law and Willie McGinnis and Mike Vrabel and all that stuff, true heroes that should be, you know, whatever, propped up in this league. And you guys are trying to tear them down, you know, trying to take away all their hard work and stuff. Yeah, he was pretty pissed off. When was this, Belichick? I, I just got out of a meeting. I haven't heard this. It was this week. It was earlier this week. My brother sent it to me. I'll send it over to you in two seconds. Okay. Yeah, I heard it too. What was the ex- what was the exactly the, what he was saying though? Hold on, let me look it up. All right. Anyway, uh, while you do that, Minister, when I hear that they're because Murph's at the game, obviously, and he used to play uh, defensive back in college, so I trust his analysis more than anyone's. When you hear they're playing a lot of man, that makes me happy. That makes me think that they think that the cornerbacks can do it they think this kid brown the kid brown was staying with antonio brown i mean i'm glad they're playing man you mean butler sorry butler butler and brown butler and brown got confused yeah so no so i agree so i always prefer man to man and butler seems to be a good man to man guy but brown and fletcher didn't look so hot so but i agree with you that i prefer man to man and getting burnt than getting paper cut to death yeah and the other thing is Play man-to-man and grow into it. They're going to get better as the season goes on, obviously. But to Br- are Brown and Fletcher past the age where they can get better? Brown looked horrible. Uh, they both looked horrible, in my opinion. Okay, I agree. But how about this? I'm just try- trying to, from the op- optimistic side, I'm generally with you on this. If Butler can get better, and it keeps getting better, and keeps making better decisions, and... You shade McCourty to the other side and help that other guy out, and they just get a little better, or they find someone else who's a little better. I think they could be good enough to get it done. Or they just could have fucking signed Rebus. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Murph sent that. You'll see a lot of zone this week, though. I think you do. Yeah. Why is that? I just think their offense, their offense is going to tend to. Uh, new quarterbacks have a tougher time picking up zone. They can disguise a lot of things with them with a defense more than man to man. Man to man gives him an option right away. He's going to know where he's going right away. It gives him his first read. If it's not there, he'll just throw it away. You know. And man to man, man to man makes it so the defense has their back to the quarterback sometimes, and this kid can run. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Get some get some tricky picks on him. Confuse him. Yes, exactly. They'll disguise maybe, you know, whatever, certain coverages, whether cover two, cover three, whatever. They'll just, you know, he'll, he'll be thinking they'll see something and they're going to try to confuse them on the other way on, on whatever. So, um, so Minister, uh, your boy, Greg Badad, was well, saying... I see my boy. What, you know he's your boy. Uh, <laughs> he was saying on the radio that the reason, basically, the reason he thinks the Pats will win and therefore cover is that... This kid, he well, he's good. He's really good. He's like a hundred rating when he has his first read, but when he gets bumped to his second read, he's like a twenty percent rating or something like that. Doesn't it just play into Belichick's hands? That made me so happy that I took the Patriots. Uh, well, hearing that, well, number one, you have to assume that because it's pretty much all young quarterbacks. Right? True, but off a of one game sample size, who the fuck knows? I'm go- <laughs> well, is Bedard going by a one game sample size? Got, he's, the guy's only. Start. I mean, he was talking about yesterday. I think. I don't think he's oh, started I don't in know the NFL. If he's going off of like Pre- preseason and college and all that shit too. Oh well, I doubt college. Maybe preseason, but definitely first game. Yeah. Well, either way, the less experience a quarterback has, the more Belichick dips his balls in their mouth. So, like for example, look at Peyton Manning early in his career, or Andrew Luck so far in his career. These young quarterbacks, Belichick knows how to dominate them, dude. So, if, I mean, you would expect to hear that statistic about the Bills quarterback, but it just goes to show just up your bet. That's on the Patriots. I, and it's, this is just another one of those games where it pisses them off hearing the media pick against them. So, All right, uh, Murph, but you think you're nervous about this game, right, even though the Patriots are pissed off? Um. Yes, they always seem to have a hiccup. Like, I just go back to the September thing. You know, I, I'm worried about Rex. I'm worried about Rex, honestly. See, Rex is Rex is valid because 
Rex always gives him a tough game, and even he when he has no fucking talent on his roster, he he usually plays Brady and Gronk pretty good, and his guys play hard for him. So, and he makes it up like his like it's a rivalry that it isn't, but like his team believes it, so they play well. Yeah, I agree that it's the Rex factor. It's Patriots early on; they're playing up there. You know. All right. The place yeah, is going to be place, rocking. Dude. The place those is guys are rocking. those guys. They get they get shit faced pretty early in the AM. Man, a couple of my buddies are season ticket holders. They're in the parking lot by eight AM. Man, yeah, yeah that, that's I what I'm. A, I'm worried I about a game up there. It was pretty nuts up there. I'm worried about them getting some sacks on Brady early. Maybe someone comes up with an injury and Rex just gets in their face and that place gets really loud and that kid maybe makes like a couple first down runs. But on the flip side, here's this quote from Belichick that Murph just sent me. That makes me think the Patriots are going to win. He said, This organization has won a lot of games, particularly in reference to the great teams from 01, 03, 04, back in there. All the great players played on those teams. Ty Law, Otis Smith, Rodney Harrison, Izzo, McGinnis, Rabel, Pleasant, Seymour, Light, Andruzzi, Stephen Neal, Dion Branch, Troy Brown, Tom Brady, Antoine Smith, Kevin Falk, Corey Dillon, Lonnie Paxton, Vinatieri. Mentions them all. And then he says, to take away from what those guys accomplished, with those teams accomplished, how good they were, how many great players we had, how well they played in big games, how they consistently showed up and made big plays and game-winning plays, it's just not right. Love it. Love it. Gets me so fired up. Thanks, Murph. You're welcome. Yeah, no, yeah, so that's, so that's the quote, but no one on that list besides Brady's playing this week. No, but I'm saying Belichick is fired up. I, I, just the whole organization is fired up. He wouldn't mention so many guys if he wasn't pissed off about it. Guy's a fucking man. <laughs> Plain and simple. <laughs> um, all right. What, what are you going to be looking out for? What's most important to you besides the Patriots winning? What happening is most important to you besides them winning? Like a certain position playing well, a certain guy playing well, the secondary playing well, the offensive interior line playing well? What is it? So I normally would say the secondary, but after watching the le- the rest of the defense last week, it's the, enti- it's the entire defense. So I'm looking for, I don't care if it's the secondary, the linebackers, or the defensive line. One of those groups looking formidable. Murph? Uh, I am looking forward to seeing uh, Patriots offense against probably one of the better defenses they'll face all year. Well, what specifically? Like, just... uh, well, I want to see how the line holds up, even though I know our whole line isn't fully intact at this point. So, you know, going forward, whatever, you know, going forward, it's going to look a lot different in week 17 of the playoffs. That will uh, this week, but I'd like to see um, how it handles Rex's defense because it's going to be—he's going to have five guys standing up, one down. You know, it's going to—it's going to be crazy. Um, uh, I want to see how they handle Gronk. Um, you know, and, and to go back to the minister, the defense. This is a good opportunity for him. I don't—they're playing a bad quarterback. It's a good way to get some confidence. They're playing on the road. Um, I know these guys got some burners, um, but other than McCoy, I don't think any of them have, like, they're not established star players. Yeah, they got some fucking speed, but they're not, like, they're not the fucking best, the, the, especially on the outside, you know, <laughs> the Sammy fucking Watkins and the Percy Adams. Yeah, so they can fucking run 40 times with it. They've fucking done nothing else other than that, you know? I think um, Sammy Watkins is much more a complete player than Percy he's Harvin. A fucking, he's so injury prone too, you know. Um, <laughs> he's only been in the league a year. I don't give a fuck. He didn't even play the whole fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gotta say, as much as I appreciate Murph's response, he clearly zoned out during the question and just went on a rant about the game. <laughs> once he once he zones back in, he's full throttle. <laughs> yeah. Um. Was, okay, so I, I, I'm going to go a little more specific uh, since you guys pretty much covered what what I was going <laughs> to well, say. just covered the whole fucking game. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would say the second cornerback position I'm going to be keeping a close eye on just to see if we can get something credible from there. Jamie Collins and Trey Jackson, those guys, uh, and Chandler Jones, I'm going to be keeping an eye on them very specifically if we're just going to talk about individual players. I wanted to throw a couple out. What... 
Minister, you like Rex Ryan as a coach. I know you qualified it earlier, but don't stand off your position. You like him, Murph, you hate him. Go. Yeah, so uh, the reason I like him is because his teams play hard. Some of those Jets teams with no quarterback, some of them had talent across the board. Some of them didn't. They always played hard for him. And we already spoke about how incompetent most of the fucking coaches in the league are. So, yes, Rex can be incompetent at times as well. But that's the same as almost everybody besides Belichick. At least his teams play hard for him. He really does the Patriots a game. Half the teams get blown out by the fucking Patriots. I mean, look at the Colts. We beat them by 40 points every time we play them. And they have way more talent than any of these Rex Ryan teams. So I think at least his teams play hard. At least they're going to be in the game. They cover a lot if you're a gambling man. So you, you, I think you got to give them some credit I mean his shelf life maybe only about five years but that's long for an NFL coach I don't, I don't know I I like Rex Ryan like if I'm a Bills fan I mean look at the, those other shit bum losers who were coaching the Bills before him like you wouldn't rather Rex Ryan well that's not that you know right I realized the past coaches were a fucking joke there but you know what I mean yeah Murph respond respond <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree with the minister on, you know, that his teams play well and whatever, but uh, overall, like, the, I go back to the X's and O's and the, the time management, and he could fuck up a wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking... Great counter-argument. So, fuck everything I said. He could fuck up a wet dream. Murph won. Minister zero. <laughs> Bro, talk it down. Put it on next week's standings. <laughs> Uh, How about not being able to coach offense? Does that still matter? Yeah, I mean, his offensive teams are inept. They can't score with the Patriots. I mean, they average, what, maybe 19 points a game in the NFL where everybody's usually scoring over 20. Um, All right, well, I got a a question for you, boys. So is it his fault that he can't coach offense, or is it that he's never had a quarterback? Well, what if he's in? How much sway has he had on choosing the quarterback? I think well, quite yeah, a bit. He keeps picking these assholes, and he keeps fucking. Uh, but I don't. Know, I don't know. He's never been GM of any of these teams. He's never had personnel control. I think he had pretty high level of. I know Tannenbaum was in charge, but I think he had a lot of influence, judging from hard knocks on who they drafted and who they signed as a quarterback. And he picked the offensive Yeah, he was in on that Golston pick, I think. Yeah, and he picked the offensive coordinators, and he oversaw them install systems. And I think he treats it as a big fucking joke. And he's like, okay, yeah, so-and-so ass clown over here told Joey Dipstick over here that this guy can coach offense. I'll just <laughs> sign him up, get him installed, and it's less worry that I have to pay to it. I want to be busy calling up exotic defenses and leaving answering machine messages on Jets season ticket holders to get them to cheer hard at the game against the Patriots. That's what he cares about more than offense. He doesn't value offense. You can't win in the NFL like that, even though I agree with everything Minister said about them playing hard and overachieving. They're chippy. They're fun. I love having the guy in the NFL. But if you gave me a team tomorrow, there's no way he's my head coach. No way. I'd, I'd pay him $2 million a year to be my D coordinator, though. But what if you could get Sean Green in his prime and uh, Ladanian Tomlinson at the age of 50? Yeah, who's moves are those, though? <laughs> I'm joking, dude. Wait, wait, wait. What did you just say? Sean Green? <laughs> Sean Green and Tomlinson backfield in the Jets last year there, too. Oh. oh. Yeah, well, he probably picked him. <laughs> yeah, his offenses are inept. Yeah, I just... I. Like I but you know, look, he's. I feel good. like he had a big deal. I think he had a big part in getting Sanchez. Now I do think that well, he. Well, he has a tattoo of Sanchez on his body. Yeah, I do think they could win a Super Bowl someday, though, because maybe. Oh. I think a Rex Ryan team, not this year, not next year, but someday could win a Super Bowl if he got lucky and drafted the right quarterback. Maybe he gets a top pick one year, and it's just obvious who it is, a la Andrew Luck. He picks him. And his defense, if you team them up with a good quarterback, he might dumb luck his way into a Super Bowl title. Tomlin and McCarthy have. He better go to the NFC, then. Yeah, that's true. He better not hang in Belichick's division. <laughs> um, what do you, uh, so, 
start to wrap it up here. How do you guys see the game playing out? Is it going to be like the Seattle game, a lot of dink and dunk? Obviously, they play different defenses, this crazy 4-6 versus cover 3 for Seattle. But is that going to be the game plan? Spread him out, dink and dunk. Brady is just sharper than you inside a 15 by 15 box. Yeah, that's pretty much what's going to happen. So, but Rex Bills, loves that. He feasts are on that. Bring the dogs, and Brady's just going to throw five yard underneath passes and paper cut them to death like he always does. And it's going to be a more extreme case this time because of the Rex Ryan defense with all the talent he has on it. When you say it like that. I start to get worried about this game because I think he plays like 10 guys within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage and dares Brady to beat him deep. And unless we hit Gronk or Edelman over the top, it could be a long day. Gronk's the only guy you're going to hit over the top. Okay, so there you go. Um, that not that what makes I you nervous, Murph? I, I, I agree with everything. Yeah, I agree with you, Keller. It's a good it, point. I didn't think about it that way. Except for one, I don't think they're going to bring the. They're not going to bring the house as much as everybody thinks. They're no, be. I I agree with you, Murph. I agree completely. I think they bring he, five he never, men. He, ne- he never brings the house against those guys. He just sits. He does exactly what you said. He sits in this like little, somewhat, eight man. He almost brings three guys. Sometimes he'll only bring two against Brady. He really does. He just, yeah, I, I agree with you, Murph, because the D line's so good. Yeah, and he'll just—he might not even—he might start dropping some of those guys, and they'll sit in this little umbrella, and you know, just try to you know make sure Edelman doesn't get open, bracketed him, and just try to make sure that Gronk doesn't get down the seam. But you know, I—I I don't know. That—that—that's what worries me a little bit on the offensive end. But I think the Patriots will be able to put it together. I think Brady's smart enough, and, and Gronk's good enough at this point where I don't see. Impact plays on them. I know they're good in the back. I just don't think anybody can cover Gronk one on one and or uh, sit in his own because I think the Patriots are too good at that. Do we have a Keller? Do we have a breaking news sound? Because Murph just broke the news, bro. Oh, Gronk can't be covered one on one. We sent him undercover to come up with that information. <laughs> they did. Hey, it actually should be breaking news for Mike Tomlin and whoever Dick LeBeau's <laughs> yeah, replacement that's a great is. Point. Can't be covered by air. Hey, are those guys kidding me? Can we talk about that? Like, is this the NFL or what's going on? Is this Weymouth High against Braintree? What the fuck? Why wouldn't you cover Gronk with two guys? I think Rex will do that. How many yes, people I- just got your Weymouth High versus Braintree reference? I don't know. Everyone in Massachusetts. Womp speeds around. I didn't get. Well, it's like saying Winchester against Woburn. What but- the Winchester dominates them because they all died to. Team here from drinking the drinking water at Uber. Can you repeat that? Because your uh, shitty cell phone just cut out. Oh, I said, do you mean because Winchester always dominates Woburn because everyone in Woburn already passed away from drinking the drinking water and getting leukemia? <laughs> okay, and that's the minister <laughs> brought to you live on the Going Deep Sports NFL podcast. Unfortunately, he's not joking. There was a cancer cluster in Woburn. <laughs> Uh, but we are on the Braintree side of the Braintree-Weymouth split because Mr. Murph owns a restaurant, Womp's Pizzeria, in Braintree, right near Braintree High School. Yep. Let's hop into just a couple more topics and then let's get out of here. What? What's the th- Does the defensive line or the secondary worry you more going forward for the rest of the season? Say Murph. that one more time, you cut out. Sorry. What worries you more, the defensive line or the secondary for the rest of the year, not just on Sunday? The secondary. Secondary, I would agree. Yeah, but I think the line will put it together. I think they'll, they'll definitely put that together. They have enough players and enough athletes there to, uh, to somewhat make something happen. But I just, the secondary makes me very nervous. The yeah. secondary looks like they can bring the best out of average quarterbacks. And Revis made them all look better than they were, and they still lost most of their good other guys outside McCourty. But who knows how good McCourty is? The guy seems soft, in my opinion. He looks soft, but he's also the kind of guy who makes a helps a good defense really clamp down. And I think sometimes he makes those bad cornerbacks look better than they are. But he's just not that terrorizing big hit guy. He's such a deep center fielder that it can get boring to watch. I don't know. I agree with you. It's hard to tell how much of an impact he has. Yeah, I, I, I agree that I, I like McCordy and I like Butler, and I think they'll shore up half the field, or if they can separate the two, maybe they can help each other on the other side, but that other safety position is 
uh, a very big concern. The other corner, the other side of the corner, is just a total disaster after last week. And the, you know, the slot, the slot position is like non-existent at this point. I mean, they had Logan Ryan out there again last week. And Patrick Chung can't cover anybody. I mean, Dude, defensive pass interference call was fucking horrendous. But in and Dude. is Harmon good or is he just out there? He looks like a no. jag. He looks like a jag to me. Just another guy. No, I get the new guy out there and just throw him out there. Jordan Richards, I agree. Yeah. Throw him out there. I mean, these other two suck. I mean, Chung's great on, like, he was great last year, and I told you that last year, facts. He's going to be a great pickup for this team because he's not going to have to cover anybody, and he's really good at stopping the run. He's going to be that other guy in the box. But yeah, but it doesn't work with Revis there, with, I, without Revis. Without Revis. It doesn't work this year. With, yeah. He's, he's going to go back to the shitty Chung we knew before he left. Plus, Hightower can't cover anyone, and if Collins can't cover anyone, fuck. Mayo yeah, and also... Mayo looked like shit. Yeah. If Chung... Um, if Chung wasn't there, like, if we didn't sign him before last season, then I don't even know if he'd be in the league anymore. And then to respond to your Mayo comment, he only played 11 snaps last week. Well, he didn't look so, good. He didn't look good in them, and if he was looking... Better in practice, he would have gotten more. Do you already pay off your leading tackle? Uh, bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him, let him know I didn't mean to put that in. <laughs> um, any other thoughts going into the game off the top of your head that you, we didn't get to that you wanted to get to? Yeah, my fucking thought is whenever you can get the Patriots close to a pick versus the Bills, they've beat them like 27 in the last 28 times or something. Just fucking put as much money as you can afford on it, all right? Don't <laughs> Agreed, I already don't did. Don't overthink this here. It's fucking Buffalo. They got no quarterback. If you lose, you lose, but the odds are very slim you're going to lose. So just fucking put the money in and don't think about it until the end of the game. Murph, I couldn't say it better myself. What about you? I, I couldn't either. Okay, agreed. For the Going Deep Sports NFL Patriots podcast, I'm Matt Keller, editor-in-chief of Going Deep Sports. The minister, Murph, thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, brother. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace.